Welcome back everybody to the Raconteur Collection. Thank you so much for being here and I just want to say on this glorious, glorious day that we are recording, the sun is shining, it is an early afternoon and I just got home from work and I'm feeling pretty dang good and thank you all so much for being here. Raconteur Collection, as you very well know, is on Spotify and most other listening services so feel free to listen and follow wherever you're listening from and uh, I'm always joined by my brother, some might know him better as my co-host, Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic, man. I also worked this morning. Uh, excited about the topic. Beautiful. Um, do you want me to go ahead and get into like my week, or do you want me to save that? Do you have some more little additions? No, I mean, I'm... I'll, I'll let you hop into the right before you yeah, hop into the week. It. I just want to say uh, thank thank you to all our Patreon supporters and people uh, getting back to us with feedback on the Discord and just interacting with us. We really appreciate that. Sharing posts and all that good stuff. The Minecraft server is going pretty well, from what I see on Discord regarding uh, Michael and Charlie. They're both kind of loving it, and yeah, it's been fun. So thank you guys for all that feedback and support. Really appreciate it. We do have some stuff in the works coming your way soon mm. so charlie tell me about your week well you know it was a great week i um had of course we had a little bit of a good and now the next thing geez. i'm kidding had a little bit of a longer break for uh our birthday we did our birthday episode last week so i had a little bit of a longer break just had a yeah, monday off yeah, so yeah. kind of had a short week for me my week's actually just starting again um usually i have fridays and saturdays off but it was a very easy shift today, so can't complain. And, uh, you know, the week has been going good. Workout schedule's been staying uh, pretty, pretty good. Still fell apart a little bit towards the end of the week, but, you know, it's kind of is what it is. Um, You're only human. Only human, exactly. I uh, For everyone out there, blood. I recently, there was a teaser several episodes ago um, for a short story I did called The Second Gods. That audio production is complete, and I'm planning on releasing it soon. Woo! I had a little test run that I sent to Jack, I believe, that had some um, like license. Just I just picked music that I like to put in there, so I need to find some royalty-free music to put onto that. Uh, but that'll be released, and that'll be all under... I think I'm just going to have this be a Tales of Ephemera, kind of keep that going um, as well. And so look forward to that coming soon. I also started reading my own book again, which I don't know about you, Jack, but it's, it's been a while. It's been about, what, four and a half months, I think, four like that. five months since I have really even touched it, and it's been uh, interesting to read. I can definitely see spots where I would like to improve, but I also, way more so than the first draft, am finding a lot of stuff that I really like. Like, I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. really cool, which is awesome. Ooh, nice. So, uh, everyone out there who has copies, I, you know, I really appreciate it, and I'm, like, dying to hear more feedback, because knowing me, I'll chew through this copy within, you know, a couple of weeks or so, if that. So, but yeah, I'm dying to hear feedback out there. I know, um, I wanted to not address a problem, but <laughs> address a couple things. I noticed that in reading the first section, which is very unfortunate, but the first section is definitely very weak. So for anybody out there who has who has the book Manelica and has kind of read and started it and kind of been like, man, 
Um, it definitely cleans itself up a little bit more really right after that first section. And so if, you know, I know Jack Henry, for example, messaged me or gave, shot me an email a while ago and was like, hey, it was kind of rough to get through. Totally understandable. Um, but also that's why, you know, people have test copies for that exact reason. Um, and I wanted to kind of clarify a couple things with that, mainly because I know that a lot of people who have the copies listen to this podcast. Um, I am totally fine with, you know, people going through the book however they would like to go through it. If they want to go through it line by line, I think that is a little bit too much, to be honest. If, you know, if you want to do that, knock yourself out. But the line by line stuff is, you know, I think as I said in my kind of letter to the alpha readers, I, you know, I am concerned with, the technical proficiency, like that is always, of course, something that's important. But in my mind, technical proficiency is something that can be worked out and iterated upon very easily. You oh, know, it's sure. easy to go through and fix mistakes, fix awkward sentences. So in my mind, I'm really more focused about story progression, um, character motivations. Do you feel like this character grew? Do you feel like the story makes sense? Do you feel like the ideas that I'm putting out there are too much, too few. I mean, all of that kind of stuff, I think I kind of iterated on in that alpha letter, but to anybody out there who's like struggling to get through it because they don't know quite what feedback to get to me, I'm honestly, all I really want is for people to read it. However, they would like to read it. They don't Mm -hmm. even have to write notes. It could literally just be like, Hey, like I really like the story, but it kind of got confused. It got really slow here. You know, like stuff like that, like stuff, how you talk about your favorite shows with your friends. Um, that's kind of the stuff I am more focused on now because that's the kind of stuff that's hard to change. You know what I mean, Jack? Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's not hard to change and hard to fix, um, like technical mistakes. It's not. I mean, that's easy. Um, it's hard to work out proper pacing, uh, proper introduction of ideas. Like those types of things are man. We dealing with that. Um, as always, I'm rambling, but, uh, you know, I've had that audio production. Hopefully it's going to be coming out to you guys soon via Tales of Ephemera. I also started another short story, a short story, by the way, that it was totally unprompted. This short story is very much based in a very Dark Soulsy kind of style. Oh, no so way. So I thought, you know, I'm sure I'll, I'll bring about that a little bit, but I thought it was so great, Jack, when you suggested that we do Dark Souls, because I was like, hey, I just am writing a story that's like... Dark Souls style because I wanted to see if I could kind of write a story in a world and a character, you know, with the main concept of like, how can you write a story and how can you be worried about a character dying if they just come back? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, I was like, I, I, I'll take that on. I like Dark Let's Souls. Expand upon it. Kind of this. fun to do yeah. like a Dark Souls style story. <laughs> so, For sure. Uh, worked out really well. But you know, Jack, that's really been about my week. Um, not really a busy week, which is always good, but just a very kind of steady normal week so uh how about you my friend you know what it's been a pretty good week for me as well uh i've been listening to uh just more podcasts still the super mega podcast uh which those guys are great it's you know i told you about them it's matt and ryan from super mega uh yeah did you their their humor is it's so close to mine and like what i find funny uh you so know, can i can i interrupt you real quick jack ah <sighs> you just you talked know, for like four was, minutes i'm just kidding i, I was thinking what if we started to include like our recommendations so we could do like how our week went 
and then we could hop into right after that for some very quick just like recommendations for the things we've been into i feel like that'd be almost like a good bonus content for patreon or something interesting because you know if we include that along with our week that's a lot of extra time spent in the beginning before we get to the actual topic i yeah i if you know what i mean sorry i'll go ahead and finish with your week and i'll bring up some um, different ideas that i've had for moving into this next chapter yeah uh, yeah i think go ahead and finish up with your week (laughs) just yeah i think we'll probably at the end of the uh topic today we'll probably spitball some ideas so this one might run a little bit longer uh, just, you know, because I think we're going to spitball and we might just offshoot it into its own small, like mini soda almost if de- just depending. I'm just I'm just now springing this on Charlie. So I guess we'll get some feedback later on. Anyways, my week was good. I made the switch over to uh, merchandiser. So now I'm driving around and restocking shelves and that kind of stuff and pulling from back stock. And honestly, it's, it's a weird combination of like multiple jobs I've had in the past, you know, of like retail, back room, warehouse you know, it's just, it's a weird combination of a lot of jobs and I kind of like it because I'm able to get out, I can drive, I'm not just like in the same building all day, that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? So, that's mm-hmm. been nice and yeah, so I've been exactly. using that time to listen to podcasts and music and that kind of stuff, really trying to go through like my daily, uh, what's it called, no, the weekly, like, the thing Spotify generates, the weekly playlist, d- d- oh, Discover the, Week, Discover, Discover weekly. weekly, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, so I've been going through that. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know if it's getting better, but I usually have like one or two songs in there that I'm like, yeah, I like that. So You know, I had about a month worth of Discover Weeklies that were really, really good. And then when I clicked on the one for last week, or this week, I guess, I was like, man, not they're not doing it for me this time. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's been a... I don't know, Spotify, it's a hit or miss. I think I'm going to cancel it just because I'm not in the warehouse anymore, so I don't really need it, but, you know, okay. Ooh, that's, that's a yeah, tough one, man. I use Spotify, like, all the time. I have YouTube Premium, so I'm just going to probably use YouTube Music instead, so. Fair. Uh, Fair. But, yeah, you know, other than that, pretty average week for me personally. I'm excited about this shift, and this schedule change has been nice so far, so. um, Finally, nice. it was, what was it, about a week and a half ago, I finally got my first uh vaccine shot so fi- mm. finally got that done uh so second dose is coming up here pretty soon i know i'm late to nice. the game but you know yeah barely, it, man. better late than never yeah you know i'm, I'm ready to get microchipped yeah. i'm ready to be a sheep so you know <laughs> how did the uh first shot affect you dude like arm was like sore but that was it Nice. Like literally nothing. Yeah, else. I I've heard the second one the might first, be a little worse. So it was interesting for me. So my first one was very sore arm. Like people are like, man, I feel like I got punched in the arm. I felt like I almost had like a piece of metal like in my arm. Like that's kind of what it felt like. Like like I could feel it when I moved my arm and everything. And then I got really tired and fatigued after the first one. Second one, absolutely nothing little bit of soreness nothing so and i i really think it varies from person to person but that, that was my my experience with yeah. it and it's so weird like i haven't had a vaccine in so long that like i don't really i don't really remember what a vaccine reaction mm-hmm. is like Do yeah. you know what i mean because you know the last time you got vaccinated like you got all the vaccines like you're kind of required to Before get going to school like you know or yeah like early high school you're you know or 
I mean, I, I did get a tetanus shot when I cut my finger yeah. open, you know, with, with something metal, so that makes sense. But, you know, other than that, yeah, it's been it's been a good nice. week. Feeling good about yeah. it and just kind of feeling good about the future. Nice. So, yeah. And I just, uh, you know, Laura doesn't really listen to the podcast because it's not on Spotify, but I'm going to just let everyone know right now. Um, if anyone has any uh, recommendations, uh, I'm looking for engagement like engagement rings. So uh, hit me up if you know anything. Anyways, yeah, so good week. And uh, taking it easy. And try if you got nothing else, uh-huh. I think I'm ready to dive into the souls that may be a little dark. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm ready. Good, good. And so, for those so- of you who don't know, Charlie's gonna lead this one first. Charlie, you go. No, you're fine. You're fine. I could. I. Uh, <laughs> um. No, no. You, you, you. I. I don't really know where I'm going yeah, off with yeah. that one. So you're you, good. you go ahead. You go ahead. So today, Jack, I wanted to approach this game a little differently. Um, we do a lot of, or we have, you know, done, you know, a lot of episodes over video games in general, and I, you know, overall, I think. Video games are hard to talk about because, you know, you talk about them either beat for beat or overall in general. And I feel like in either way, you end up leaving out the audience, the parts of the audience that don't, you know, play video games. And so for Dark Souls, I kind of wanted to go at, um, sorry, I got all tongue tied there. I kind of wanted to approach this topic with the idea of, you know, hey, if you've never played video games before, this is why we like this game and approach it from that angle rather than talking about it in a very video game centric way, if that makes sense. Because I think yeah. with a lot of the games we like, we really can point to, I mean, the games that we like, Jack, are very strong games in general. I mean, games that I think are, if you don't play any other games are worth playing. I mean, Jack and Daxter, Final Fantasy X. You know, you can make arguments that some of those aren't as important, but especially coming into a game like Dark Souls, we did Demon Souls earlier. Um, Demon Souls, we actually did beat by beat. But, you know, I kind of wanted to come into this from a little bit more of a top-down, a little bit more of an outsider's perspective. And so, Jack, I'll pass it over to you first. And the question is, and the question I have been mulling over is... Yes, yes. <laughs> is why... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That was why? Like really Dark Souls. But uh why why do you like this game? Like this game, you know, there are tons of video games out there. There's Call of Duty, there's FIFA, there's Madden, there's all the RPGs, there's all the indie games, there's you know, so many games that like uh you know, a definer like indie game doesn't really mean anything anymore. Because you an indie game could be Hades, an indie game could be a crappy asset flip on Steam. You don't know, right? And so out of all this vast field, you know, you have this game, Demon's Souls, of course, is the first one that we did play, but Dark Souls is really going to be where the Souls franchise kicks into high gear and becomes accessible and open to everyone because you have to remember, this is very important because it does not feel like this now, but Demon's Souls, very niche game. I mean, it did sell. It did sell well. It sold well enough for them to do it, but... Demon Souls is not really part of this 
conversation so much really because when Dark Souls came out, it was, I mean, it's not uncommon, especially, I mean, it's a little bit more common now because Demon Souls was, of course, remade um, for the PlayStation 5, but, yes, you know, Dark Souls really stood on its own and as its own thing. And so as much as we can say, you know, hey, it's like Demon Souls, I kind of want to stay away from that language. But really talk about, like, why, like, going into this, like, why do you love this game? Like, what about it? is something that is like, man, one of the greats. Yeah, so like Demon Souls, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, no. I knew you were going to So, <laughs> the reason that I really got into Dark Souls, I think that you and I both like Dark Souls a lot, it's because it's a game that you can really, really see the, prog- the progress you're making. And you can struggle on something for a long time. Mm. Uh, you know, you can die over and over again. But as soon as something clicks, it clicks. And, like, you're past that hurdle. And what's fun about this game is you can do that with so many different kinds of characters. You know, you can have, like, a guy who uses axes or two-handed swords or just, you know, or rapiers or bows or magic or what. You know, you can do all these different kinds of characters and actually overcome the challenge in different ways if you if you want to. You know what I mean? And... Mm-hmm. The amount of difficulty that does in this game compared to a lot of other games, especially around that time, you know, you have the argument yeah. where, well, games from like the 80s and 90s were harder. Well, it's like, yeah, usually those games are harder, but in very unfair ways because they're arcade machines mm-hmm. or they they were meant to take up more of your time just on the fact that they're like overly difficult. Well, Dark Souls, yes, it is a difficult game. It's not you know, so much to where you're, it just feels impossible. Like every time you died or every time you mess something up, you're like, yep, if I did that different, if I blocked there, if I didn't get greedy right there, you know, there's always, you're watching someone fight a boss, boss is like two hits away. Like, oh, I got this. They put their shield away, run up, and you're like, nah, you're getting greedy. And then, you know, they get, killed or whatever by the boss because they were trying to get greedy and they weren't being precautious so it's um i think dark souls really you know shows you that progression taking your time is really important and so that's why i like it a lot because i like seeing that slow build up i like kind of seeing the progression of my character getting stronger and being able to create these characters that i want to create and then be like viable in the world Unlike, you know, Call of Duty loadouts, but you yeah. know, pass right. it back to you. Yeah, no, all of that is horrible. I'm just I, I just want to say <laughs> I pulled up the wiki just just for fun. Uh, yeah. So Dark Souls came out in 2011. I guess there was a Norwegian film that came out in 2011, Six. also called Dark Souls. What a interesting! What a horrible no time idea. for a film to come out. Ooh, it's a Norwegian horror film. Ooh. Yeah, what so you know what's so interesting about Dark Souls, Souls is that so like you like you said it came out 2011. 2011 also saw the release of Skyrim as well. And so oh, the two games so were compared ago. I think unfairly to each other. I remember that. And that was so, weird. So you have Skyrim. Yeah. You have Skyrim, which is, you know, a follow-up to the Elder Scrolls. It's this huge open-world game. Um, create any type of character you want. So very similar. However, you know, I think Dark Souls, I think, stands out to me because it's 
it's very much, and I know this sounds weird because we're talking about video games, but it's very much a video game. And it takes advantage of the fact that you're playing it. Because, you know, I think of games nowadays, games that, because there's always been this struggle of, like, games as art, right? And games as movies or etc. And you find that, like, games like The Last of Us, you know, games like Call of Duty, they have these big set piece mm-hmm. moments. And those set pieces do tend to feel yeah. like they're from movies. Dark Souls kind of goes the other way. And it really leans heavily into the fact that you can play it and you can explore the world. To kind of put it into perspective for people who have no idea of what Dark Souls is, it's a third-person action-adventure game. So you, the game starts, and you can create your character, choose from a different like different builds, and all those really do the builds is determine what kind of stats you get. If you've ever played Dungeons & Dragons, the stats and, you know, um, Dark Souls, very similar type of arrangement, you know. But uh, I think overall, Dark Souls stands out so much because it's one of those games that, yeah, like it has this reputation for being this hardcore game, very hard. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think what we kind of ran into with Dark Souls in it, I think you see more games doing it now, is that Dark Souls doesn't tell you to do anything and so what happens is you know i will use the example from early in the game so once you start the game and you kind of go through the story and of course we'll talk about the story because the story is a big reason why i love this game but the i think the main reason you know i'll get into now is you know you start you start the game starting this shrine called firelink shrine Firelink. you have this option of proceeding into this ruined city or you can go back into this graveyard now, if you go into the graveyard, there are these skeletons there, and the skeletons are way too hard for you. Like, they'll just kill you. And so a lot of players would get stuck because they would just keep banging their heads right against off the, the skeletons. Bat, yeah. And what Dark Souls... Right. What Dark Souls doesn't tell you is that, like, hey, listen, you can come back. It's okay. You know, but it yeah, never yeah. tells you that. So it kind of leads it up to the player to be like, you know, this is too hard. I'm going to go look somewhere else. But video games are not necessarily designed like that all the time. And so I think a lot of the difficulty that comes from Dark Souls is not so much that it's so hard, but so much the fact that it's like, hey, we're going to be hands off. This boss can do these things and it's up to you. You know, we're not going to give you an extra bonus. We're not going to give you. And they really ask a lot of the player as far as like, hey, how do you want to approach this area? How do you want to play? Do you want to be more defensive? Do you want to be really aggressive? Mm-hmm. You know, we can give you all the tools, but we're never going to really tell you how to play. The yeah, game. I mean, just real quick, that's kind of where so, this game either yeah, lost or really grabbed people is that a lot of games, you know, kind of really hold your hand like, oh, go here. Or if you're stuck in the area for too long, it's like, oh, look around in the, in the rooftops or whatever. But like this game, there's a few marks on the ground. They're like, here's how you swing. Here's how you roll and change your weapons. That's the tutorial. They're like little marks on the ground. There's no like, hey, I'm going to show you how or someone talking to you like via narration or voice. Like it's you're kind of left up to your own devices in this game, which is from from my experience, pretty unique when it when it came to games that came out, you know, in the 2010s. Most games were very like, right, here's all these context clues and here's all this, this and this. And this game was not that at all. Exactly. I mean, compared to Skyrim, right? Skyrim. Skyrim. 
as much as I love Skyrim, um, Skyrim tells you exactly where to go. You know, you know exactly what to do in Skyrim all the time. You know, you are never lost. You can fast travel. So, you know, (laughs) you're looking at these two different types of games and Dark Souls, I think, gets its hard, like that hardcore reputation because it doesn't hold your hand. But, you know, I would argue that like, once you kind of get over that learning curve and a learning curve that Jack and I from playing Demon Souls kind of had already gotten over, once you kind of understand that about the game, the game is just this amazing adventure game. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I, you know, ultimately that's what it is. I, you know, I can't tell you how, I was talking to somebody recently, I don't remember who, but I was talking about first time playing game experiences you know first time you play minecraft you're like blown away yeah kind of right first time you play skyrim you know the strongest first game experiences any of the souls games we're talking demon souls dark souls the first time you play one of those games is always the best because you don't know the world you don't know what dangers are going to be on the corner you don't know what kind of boss you're going to yeah. walk into you know what I mean? And it's, there's something about that that is so, I don't know, it really gets me and I just love it. I mean, Dark Souls is, you know, famous or maybe infamous now for having these fog walls and these fog walls kind of separate out areas, but also they separate out like the boss arena. So every time you enter a fog wall, there's always this feeling of like, oh, what am I going to see? Mm-hmm. And Dark Souls never disappoints. I mean, you walk into Taurus Demon, right? Great, great intro, first boss, Capra Demon. I mean, like, you can just go through and start lift, yeah, listing I off mean, the bosses, and you're like... I think what's so cool about Dark great. Souls too, and obviously there's spoilers for anyone listening to this, but what's so cool about Dark Souls as well is that when, you know, you fight the Taurus Demon, you go through the fog gate, and you're like, what, what's going on here? Some guys are shooting you from the back. Okay, you climb up the ladder, kill those guys. You're like, where's where's the boss? And you're walking up along the ramparts, yep. and then, yep. boom, it jumps down, you know, and goes, like, and roars at you, and you're like, uh, okay. And so then you just start bolting back, you know what I mean? And and then later on in yeah. the game, though, those guys are just regular enemies, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've beaten you before. I got this. You know what I mean? It's, it's so cool yeah. how yeah. well you start learning the game, and you don't realize it until a lot of these guys that are bosses become just kind of another enemy you know what i mean it's very it's almost kind of like very anime in that way you know these guys that seemed so strong in the beginning now are they're nothing they're nothing so it's cool it's very cool yeah i mean it really you know it comes a lot from like pattern recognition and knowing what the enemies will do and once you kind of get the rhythm of Dark Souls down, I mean, yeah, the world, the world is your, your playground. I mean, I've never done this, but people have done, people have done like playthroughs of this game. Never been hit. Never leveled up their character where they only have a specific weapon. Never been hit. I mean, beats that seem impossible. It's just, it's just like I don't know things that seem impossible. You know that you that I play through now and like. The idea of never leveling up my character, I can kind of wrap my head around and think about doing. The idea of like never getting hit. Oh yeah, I'm no like, yeah, uh, yeah, no way. Dude. There's this guy who did <laughs> no way the, all the Souls games, all of them, including Demon Souls, without getting hit once. And wow. I'm like, how? How is my is my big question for you? Because yeah. that that's it's unreal. 
So, yeah, so we've kind of, like, gone over, like, you know, I think the initial reasons why we like this game so much, you know, speaking to kind of what you said, Jack, about progression and being able to see that because Dark Souls is great about that. I mean, leveling up weapons, leveling up your character, you have this constant sense of getting stronger, but then as you go further, things kind of keep pace with you. And then, you know, from my perspective of things being very intrinsic, like there's not a lot of extrinsic like signposting in Dark Souls. It's all very like, hey, you have to feel it out. Do you think you can do this? Okay, you probably can do this then. But to go forward a little bit, Jack, Dark Souls is composed of this really nice interconnected world. You know, for anybody who hasn't played it out there, it's very much like almost like a Metroidvania or like a Metroid game to where like you have this big world that you kind of go back and through and you can unlock different paths, unlock shortcuts. And the first Dark Souls is fantastic about this. So as you're going through this world, Jack, what are some of the locations, some of the places, some of the bosses, some of the encounters? What are some of the things that just stuck out to you as like things that are just part of your like gaming repertoire now that you're like, oh man, I did this once. You know what I mean? I, th- I think one of the most iconic parts in Dark Souls for me that sticks out, if I have to choose an area that like I'm like, this is an area that baffles me and that I figured that I can't believe like everyone who played the game figured it out. You know what I mean? Like that's what's crazy is the part where you, I think you're going to go fight, uh, is it Sithis? Is that the, the, no, Seath. Seath the Scaleless. I was, Seath. Uh, Mm, and yeah. that whole realm, there's like the, these butterflies around, these like huge giant like moth butterflies. Mm-hmm. Two different, you know what I'm saying? They're like these magical creatures, anyways. And you have to figure out where these invisible pathways are. And what's yeah. so cool is the game is very subtly like, hey, you just picked up some prism stones. Um, I wonder mm-hmm. what you could use these for. You know what I mean? So then you use it kind of just on the off chance and. Throw it off the edge, okay, nothing. Throw it off the edge, okay, nothing. And then throw it off, and it lands on an invisible path. And that's, you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. whoa. You know what I mean? Like, that's... And then you start to notice that there's these little, like, drops falling from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. And the drops stop and hit the invisible platforms. And so... Really good. Really good Yeah, like, the level design in this game is unreal. I also, like, you know, you see these, like, scattered bits of humanity, like... These like dilapidated buildings, mm. these like fires everywhere, uh, and all the people you fight are very much, you know, give or take humanoid, but you can tell they've lost their humanity. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. it's very. Uh, the game just is. I, I'm trying to think of like some places that are my favorite places, <laughs> but like the whole game, especially the first yeah. one, is just set up so well. It, yeah. But, like, it never feels like it's, like, okay, we get it. It's always just, it's very, it's very well done. That That's what I can say about it, so. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I feel like a lot of the areas of this game are all memorable in their own way. I mean, Firelink Shrine, of course, is just this fantastic little hub and safe, you know, safe space. But then, you know, I, I think what's, the most memorable for me, and of course I think this will be for everyone, is, you know, that first view as you progress through the game, and we'll talk about the story here in a little bit, but um, as we progress through the game, you eventually go to the City of the Gods, which is Anor Londo. 
and you actually get flown there by these demons. They like pick you up and fly you into yeah. the city. And that reveal of this, because, you know, through most of Dark Souls, you're going through, like, just like you said, this very dilapidated, broken down world. I mean, the world in Dark Souls and the story is, like, never at the forefront, but is everywhere yes. in the background. And that's what's so in cool about it. In the item descriptions. So, you know, you're going like, through that's this. That's the coolest thing. In the item descriptions oh, yeah. is, like, this is from, yeah. you know, the Silver Knight Longsword is from a you know, a legion of troops long ago that the old king, you know, and you're like, well, like, excuse me, right. this is really cool, you know, because no other game before that had really been like, yeah. hey, here's the game story via item description. It was it was very cool. Yeah. And, you know, I, so that, you know, the first reveal into Anna Orlando, that entire level I love, I mean, including the fight all the way up to Orenstein and Smo, like, you know, I think is just great. And then, I mean, not to mention, like, you have the really cool places like uh, yeah, Darkwood yeah. Garden. You got, I love the Great Hollow, which is this bizarre world-building kind of empty level at the bottom of the world. I mean, you know, there are so many things in so many areas in this game that have been so like just such an inspiration to me. And, I mean, it just continues. I mean, if you're talking about when you go in down into the sewers and you fight the gaping dragon, you see the oh, gaping that thing dragon is for so the first horrifying. time. And it's just this horrific nightmare dragon that's like has like a bunch of arms. Its whole belly has this giant mouth with these like spine-like, almost like sarlacc yeah, teeth that are like just everywhere. And Oh my, like I remember f- <laughs> it like the way it sticks its little head up. And then pulls itself above like the little yeah, falls. Fighting and you're that like, thing, oh my gosh, I have fighting to that thing defeat for the first time thing? was absolutely horrifying. <laughs> the first time you see that, you're like, okay, yeah, it's just yeah. big, like you know, it's a big dragon thing, but it's not too bad. And then it pulls itself up, and it's this horrible abomination. Oh my! I gosh. mean, yeah. Or like when you get sucked into the painted world for the first time. I mean, there's so much. I mean, the DLC, the Artorias of the Abyss stuff amazing like the world in this game i mean i'm trying to like narrow down places i like but like i really like almost every part of this game you know there's no parts that i get to that i'm like oh i don't really want to be here right now you know the the maddening darkness of mad giants i mean going through that place the first it's just this trek through like these horrific skeleton monsters and everything's dark and you have a lantern or maybe you have a light and you can kind of light your yeah. way through this path, but it's just like overwhelming. And, and you know, the game, it has this very heavy sure. presence, you know, almost the only way I can describe it is like whenever like Jack, mm-hmm. if you stepped into like an old house or like an old, like if you've been to like a museum or something like that, or like, you know, Philbrook, like a local um, museum here, like, a lot of the places feel like they have this age and this story and this importance to them that you don't know, but they still have that air of like, yeah, hey, a lot of stuff has gone down here. You know, you have no idea what's gone down here, but a lot of like stuff has obviously gone down it's here. designed to be like a level <laughs> in a video game, but it feels mm-hmm. like so much more than that. It, there's like so much that kind of went into making this world feel like alive and real and like it's. At one point, it was very grand, not just like this depressing shell that it once was. Yeah. Like you can actually feel, hey, like 
when things weren't bad, they were pretty dang good. You know what I mean? Like that's right. That's what you get just kind of going through this game's world, and it does an extremely good job of that. I yeah, it's it, it's wild. It's it's wild to me that like this world was able to be created, and it's so just strong. Yes. So Jack, yes, we kind of talked about some of our favorite areas, some of the different builds. Uh, I want to get ahead and talk into about the story of the game. Would love to. And Dark Souls, as we've said before, doesn't really give you a lot. But at the opening, when you start the game, it has a opening cutscene and narration. And Jack, if you don't mind, I'd like to read out the narration really quick. Just to kind of give people a Give me taste. your best voice, and yes. <laughs> I can't do the voice, of the narration is so good. But, uh, okay, so it's... In the age of ancients, the world was unformed, shrouded by fog. A land of gray crags, arch trees, and everlasting dragons. But then there was fire, and with fire came disparity. Heat and cold, life and death, and of course, light and dark. Then from the dark they came and found the souls of lords within the flame. Nido, the first of the dead, the witch of Isolith and her daughters of chaos. Gwen, the lord of sunlight and his faithful knights, and the furtive pygmy so easily forgotten. With the strength of lords, they challenged the dragons. Gwen's mighty bolts peeled apart their stone scales. The witches weaved great firestorms. Nido unleashed a miasma of death and disease. And Seath the Scalus betrayed his own kind, and the dragons were no more. Thus began the Age of Fire. But soon the flames will fade, and only dark will remain. Even now there are only embers, and man sees not light, but only endless nights. And amongst the living, there are seen carriers of the accursed dark sign. Yes, indeed, the dark sign brands the undead. And in this land, the undead are corralled and led to the north, where they are locked away to await the end of the world. This is your fate. So that's the opening crawl of text you get, along with some nice visuals. You nice know what this reminds me great of? Great narration. This reminds me a lot of a Fallout intro, by the way they yeah. very by the way they very quickly lay out this grand lore. You know, there is an Age of Ancients. Okay, cool. And then it, it, it literally says, okay, cool. "Then from the dark they came." You don't really know who they are, but then they find within this flame the souls of lords, and with this power, they're able to defeat the age, this Age of Ancients. And start the age of fire. And then, you know, for some reason, the flames, you know, are fading and only dark has remained. And people are becoming undead as they're getting marked with the dark sign. And then people don't know what to do with the undead. And so they're just corralling them and locking them in these asylums, which is who you are. You're an undead who was locked in one of these asylums. And that's where you start. And you make your guy and you start one of the asylums. And man, like, what just it's one of those and i think what's so cool about it is that you don't have to understand the story you don't have to know what nido did or what his reason was or the witch of isolith you don't have to know yeah but what's cool is that it's all there and for the people that want to dig into this lore 
and dig into the story. You can find you can find out everything you need by environmental detail, by the descriptions and items. And what's so cool about Dark Souls is the community that has evolved around it has become these almost like lore seekers. I mean, one of the best, not the only one by a long stretch, but Vadi Vidya, I mean, he does these awesome videos where he goes in depth about like a single character or like, hey, Gwen, the Lord of Sunlight, what's his deal? You can watch the video and kind of find out. And what's so, his deal? But it's only... But it's only by the effort of everybody working together and piecing together these story puzzles that the lore has become kind of this easily accessible thing that you can just Google now. But what was so great about playing Dark Souls at the beginning is like none of that was clear. And so you'd have these people being like, oh man, you're just going through this game. You're going through the game. You're killing everybody. Nobody, Nothing ever really means anything to you. And then you get to the, close to the end and it's like, hey... The Lowe's Lords they talked about in the beginning, they're still around and you still have to beat them. And so then you have to go fight Nito. Yeah. You have to chase down Seath the Scalus. You know, you have to confront the creation of the Witch of Isolith. And it's like, what? Like, and so then it starts to kind of like piece it together in your head and even maybe subconsciously to where when you get to the end, after you've collected these souls of the Lords and you open up into the kiln of the first flame and you travel through this burnt desolated area that's full of ash and the ruins of everything looks like it's melting and who do you find there you find Gwen the lord not of sunlight but of cinder and he's sitting next to this small flame the flame that's all that remains of the age of fire and it's just like man that's freaking cool it is very but all cool. of it it's it's all based on you as a player like you don't really have to know the reason for what you're doing. And that fits in perfectly with the story. If you do know what you're doing, that fits in with the story as well. And I think for me, that is why dark souls has stuck out and has stuck with me because it has that type of storytelling bloodborne, a later game by the same company from software does the exact same thing, which I would love to do an episode of bloodborne because Bloodborne, instead of kind of going that high fantasy route that Dark Souls does, goes into like the Lovecrafty yeah, route, yeah. you know, the uh, monster hunting. And, you know, that's just cool in and all on its own. But it kind of tells that same type of story all in the background. Oh, and like and, what's so cool man. is that Dark Souls, yeah. I mean, if you guys know uh, the anime Berserk, like a lot of Dark Souls is inspired by Berserk and kind of some of the concepts Berserk has, especially Guts's giant great sword. Uh, mm -hmm. but then Bloodborne's very much inspired by like HP Lovecraft and like the creations from his mind. And it's mm -hmm. insane to see like, you know, just this whole world that they've crafted with these like small, like not small, but with these inspirations, like this whole, basically mm -hmm. this whole new genre has been created in video games because of dark souls and all that stuff. Definitely. And it's, the impact that it's had, I think, is the discussion for the another time, to be honest, because, I mean, terms like Souls-like, Soulsborn, people toss around those terms like nobody's business nowadays. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I think from software, you know, the creators, they're really the ones who have the tightest grasp on this formula. Oh, for sure. But, you know, Jack, after bringing up the story, when you played through the first time, 
Did you find the story had any effect in you at all? Or were you more playing it for just the game, for the adventure? Be straight up, I was playing it a lot more for the game than I was for the story. Uh, I've, yeah. I've always thought yeah. the lore, super cool. It's a super cool lore, super cool concept. I like that. But as far as that being the reason I play Dark Souls, never really the reason I play Dark Souls, personally. Right. Yeah. I, I would kind of agree. Because, you know... So much of that lore and stuff I dug into after playing Dark Souls, and it only made me love the game more. And, you know, understanding, and especially, like, wrapping your head around, like, the Atorius of the Abyss DLC, and, you know, how Gwen had these four knights, and these knights, you know, one of them was tasked with destroying the Abyss in this city called Ulysseel. And, you know, you come to realize as you're pulled back through time that this knight, this grand knight of legend, actually horrifically fell and was cor- got corrupted by the abyss, you know? Yeah. And as, like, a dying act, he left behind his great shield to protect his wolf, you know, <laughs> a wolf that you see way later protecting his grave as you come to take the ring of the abyss walker, which is his ring. Yeah. And it, it's just as, like, this tragic story of this you know of the age of fire of this age of gods in which you know Gwen is like coveting this age of gods like he cannot let it go because yeah. the world was so grand because he's coveting it the dark sign has appeared almost as if fate itself is like no time needs to yeah, go this on needs forward to be corrected you know, the age of the age of man needs to be continued but the age of fire was this grand age you know, that this he was grand the age that brought life and light to everywhere, you know, man, man and God alike. And so all that awaits is the age of dark and nobody, nobody really knows what that's like. And that's horrific. It's horrifying because you're like, you know, in darkness, we've seen the abyss In darkness. We've seen these like horrific creations, but is this the natural fate of the world or, you know, and so you know, all of that, all of this story is just playing out in the background. Yeah, that's that's what's and so you as the, that's what's so cool. Yeah, and it's yeah, all but... sorry, Ellie's doing some stairs. Laura's up there. It's okay. <laughs> um, it's almost a, like I don't know how to describe it. It's it's not wasted because obviously it's all been found, but it almost makes you wish like you could, you know, experience the gravity of all that the first time you played it. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's it's one of those things that, you know, it takes the amount of work or maybe the lack of work. I mean, to place this grand Lord of the Rings-esque story in the background and to have it only available because, you know, you have to keep in mind that as a player and when you're playing through this game, you're seeing basically the end of the world, the end of the Age of Fire, you know, as it kind of grasps on and as the opening says, you know, even now there's only embers, you know? So like, we're at the tail end of this age of fire and, you know, it's not, it's not something that like I consciously knew or even cared about while playing for the first time. But I think that also kind of plays in to the overall story and especially the overall story that has to deal with the undead and the dark sign and hollowing, which I want to get into now. 
Jack, and even now, this is totally fine if you don't know the answer, but I just kind of want to toss it to you. In your mind, what is hollowing? Like the act of going hollow and the act of, like, that takes to, you know, you can take it as literal, as like a gameplay thing, or you can take it as like a lore thing. I'm going to go at it from a lore thing, but I want to see if bringing up just the word hollowing to you and going hollow, what does that mean to you? So if I had to think, if I had to define to someone what going hollow means, uh, I would mean when you go hollow, it means that you've died, but in order to keep your body here to try to complete whatever mission you have, you lose a bit of your soul. And so you become more hollow the more you die. And if you lose too much of your soul or or your humanity then you become an undead you become someone that can no longer f- fulfill their goal they were or they were unable to complete it it's kind of how i view yeah. hollowing yeah i mean that's basically it yeah baby it's this you know the game uses it as hey every time you die instead of having your nice human skin you get zombie skin right the game starts you off when you create your character you're like oh man my guy looks so cool and then the game starts and you're like Oh, my guy is like a zombie, gross-looking person. In reality, like, and like as ter- in terms of the story, I, I should say, um, hollowing is like this idea that like all of the undead, you know, inherently, maybe through a spirit or whoever, how they were created, want to end the Age of Fire. You know, that's like this constant goal. But since the Age of Fire is being continued, you know, way past its time you know people can't die and so like you said every time you die you lose a part of your soul and if you die enough you may totally forget the reason why you're doing something yeah and so you have these huge settlements that are just filled with the undead you know people who at one time were its defenders were its residents but now they're just these mindless mad creatures that are constantly in the cycle of death and rebirth and you're one of them. You know what I mean? But you're one who's not quite fallen that deep down the rabbit hole yet. Yeah. And that's what I think is so cool about the game because, and about, I guess the story of the game is that you as the player can kind of play into that role. Like you don't have to know why you're doing this, but you're going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't know why at the end of the game when you confront Gwen, the Lord of Cinder, and you kill him and you start the flame. Do you know why you did that? Do you? Do you know what the implications of that are? The game doesn't really tell you that, and I don't think playing through the first time you're supposed to even know because I think it's supposed to be one of those things that sits with you. You're like, so I had an option at the end of the game. I could have relit the fire and began again the Age of Fire, or... I could have just walked away and left the world to fade into dark, to the age of dark, whatever that is. And you have no idea. Is that good or bad? They don't tell you. Yeah, we're not sure. But, you know, I think ultimately, and especially Dark Souls 3 kind of comes into complete this cycle. And especially, like, you have this piece of content called the Ring City within Dark Souls 3 that kind of fills in more of these gaps. But, you know, it's... It's just a beautiful, like, crafted story and lore. And a story and lore that you can only get through a video game. I mean, Jack, can you think of another video game that kind of tells its story like this? I can think of one other game. But it's totally different than Dark Souls. But 
Can you think of another game? Like a game that wasn't inspired by Dark Souls that told a story in the same way? Yes. Um, Off the top of my head, no. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because, you know, most games, they either tell their stories through cutscenes and through dialogue. Last of Us, for example. But ultimately, you know, and I love The Last of Us, so don't take this as me, like, saying Last of Us is bad, but, like, it's trying to emulate almost, like, an HBO show. You know what I mean? But Last of Us does lean into being a... How could you say that? Last of Us does lean into being a game by, like, to just show somebody the cutscenes of Last of Us, you don't really get the full picture. Really, you kind of need to be boots on the ground, Ellie and Joel having their constant conversations back and forth. That's all part of the story, right? Dark Souls exists really within that like boots on the ground. The story's all there if you want to find it out. And the only thing I can compare it to is the video game Journey by that game company. Journey has a very similar story that it gives to you in some brief kind of like hieroglyphic art kind of cutscenes, And then by you playing the game and kind of interpreting what happened yeah it's also a game though that you don't need to know like the the game does not lose any value if you don't care about the story or don't know and i think that's what's so great Mm -hmm. because like it gives you the best of both you know you could just play the game and be like wow i conquered adversity and i won or you could be like wow, this game really stuck with me. Why? And then you kind of go down the YouTube rabbit hole and you're like, oh my gosh, there, there's like hour-long videos that talk about Souls lore. And you're like, then it's all good. That's the thing. Like, it's all just this cool, I mean, not as deep as Lord of the Rings in terms of like the world they built out, but like, it's deep. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. It is. As far as like the Sons of Gwyn and Solaire and anybody who kind of knows will kind of know what I'm talking about. But... Jack, I wanted to talk very briefly about, you know, people are scared of Dark Souls and the Souls games in general because they should be because they're so hard. If you had to like sell this game to somebody and say, like, give them a reason, you know, sell this game and say, hey, listen, it's worth Mm -hmm. playing. Why would you why is it worth playing? You know, if a game is going to like beat you up this much and make you really try is it worth your time? Why why not just play, you know, Fortnite where you can have the match, you can win or lose, it's in and out. You know, why invest in this journey to see it to its end? Because a lot of people out there butted heads against the Souls games and just bounced off. And I totally get it. You know, I totally understand that not everybody is meticulous like me. And when I see a game like this, I'm like, oh, I need to dig in and like explore around and see what options I have and kind of push on all the corners and walls and, mm-hmm. you know, see what opens up literally for secret doors. But then just in terms of the game world, you know, literally, but, uh, I mean, dark souls is that perfect type of game for the players who are like, when you start and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to go to the right. I'm going to go to the left. You go to the left and Mario and you're like, okay, there's nothing there. Dark souls is like, Hey, there's a whole graveyard. And you can Here's just Here's what I'm going to sell you on Dark Souls. So, <laughs> but go ahead. Dark Souls is a game that I think shows you your own personal progression a lot more than other games. It's not just, hey, I'm this far in the story. 
hey, I've done this. It's, hey, here's my character that I built my way. Not ideal, because, you know, obviously I didn't look it up, but it's my character. It's working. I'm using this and this and this, and I've gotten this far, and I have literally no idea what to expect. It's mm-hmm. a game that I believe shows a lot of personal reward. And if you show someone yes. who's in the dark, like just say Lily, say she gets in the Dark Souls. And then she's yeah. like, hey, Jack, here's Dark Souls. Here's my character. What do you think? I'd be way more impressed with that than her being like, hey, Jack, here's Animal Crossing. Here's my village. Well, so cool. It's not as cool as how much, you know, dedication it takes to get to a certain point in Dark Souls. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of have to push yourself and have to kind of realize that, yeah, it's a video game. You know, it should be fun. But that doesn't mean it can't also be challenging and then also personally rewarding because it really feels like you've done something when you overcome mm. whatever yes. you're coming up against. And this game, yeah. I think, kind of set that standard. I mean, obviously. And it does it over and over, too. Exactly. And it's so cool because then you go back on New Game Plus, which basically makes the whole game harder. Mm-hmm. And you do that again, and it's like, oh, well, what about New Game 3, New Game 4? You know, you can kind of keep going with that. But then you mm-hmm. start a whole new character. Okay, I have a better idea what to do. I'm kind of stuck on this guy. I'm going to create a new character. And then you run through again with this new character with these kind of this fresh set of eyes. And it becomes mm-hmm. the world opens up again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I don't know. I think the personal fulfillment you get from playing this game, especially the first time, is, I don't want to say it's unmatched, but it's pretty close to unmatched. Yeah. You know, the game has several sticking points for people. You know, I think we already pointed one out with the graveyard area being located so close to Firelink Shrine. And... It's really easy just to wander over there and get slaughtered by skeletons. It doesn't help, too, that they littered items all over the graveyard as, a, like, a way to be like, hey, the shiny stuff, and you're That's like, That's the oh. whole point of it, though. <laughs> but but I will say, once you know what you're doing, you can make these mad dashes through the graveyard and just grab everything and get out. And it really doesn't matter if you die because you keep the items. So, you know, I think you said it really well, Jack, like, Overcoming adversity is a huge thing in Dark Souls. I mean, the first time you see the Taurus demon, you're up on these battle parts. There's some archers shooting at you. You've walked through a fog wall. It's blocking your way back. So really, the only way you go up and kill your little archers, and you're like, okay. Huge demon jumps down onto the bridge. exactly what I said earlier. And And you're like, oh my God, this is too much. You know, and you run from it. And then, you know, maybe it kills you and you come back and you are like, okay, I'm going to try to do it this time. And it kills you. You come back, you try again. And what's so good about Dark Souls is that tension because it doesn't quite start you right back at the boss door. It's like, no, if you die, you have to go back to the bonfire where you're reborn and you have to fight through all of the hollows that you fought through on the way here and get back. And so there's always this tension of like, uh oh, I could I could lose. I could lose my stuff and can I get back? But when you beat that Taurus demon and it falls and it's, you know, it, it gives you a little, little message and you collect all the souls and you're like, you have this real sense of like, oh my gosh, I just 
I I won. I did it. Yeah. I I don't think there's and been And that continues through the whole game. I don't think there's been more times in the game that I have I've been like, "Yes!" Like, you know when you beat the boss, and you're like, "Yeah." Put your hands up and you're like, "Oh." Like I've done it. Yeah. You know, like that that moment is so good. It's like getting a a win mm-hmm. in a battle royale, but with every single boss it fight. It is. It's that same kind of yeah. like I I can't believe I just did that. You know, especially in a fight that you've been struggling yeah. with and then finally you see the matrix. You see how it all works, and you're going mm-hmm. to get those hits, and then he gets you. You're one hit away. You have no more healing. Boss is one hit away, and so you, like, I can't, can't get greedy, can't get greedy. You dodge, you dodge, you dodge. You know, you have like a lot of close calls, and then you finally, yeah, get him with that jab, and you're like, oh, it's been done, and it, it's, it's, it's yeah. such a good feeling. So, and especially, I feel like it becomes very apparent when you get later into the yeah. game. And like when you have to fight Orancy and Smo for the first time and it's this dual boss fight where you're fighting it's these two very hard guys and like the game really pushes you, you know, at that point it's pushing you to survive and to win and to use the best of your ability. And, you know, it's, it's hard. Like that's the thing. It's this game is hard, but it's not unwinnable. It's not, I, you know, there are moments that feel unfair but overall, like the reward for getting through, I think is worth it. You know, it's it's worth pushing through and succeeding. I will say, though, that if you play Dark Souls and you really get stuck into it, I would give it a couple hours, right? Give it a couple hours, put it away for a night, try it again, kind of hop back in. You know, give it some time to marinate, to think. And if it still is not clicking for you, as with everything, you're entitled to like what you like. But, man, for anybody out there who's looking for just this epic, dark fantasy world to explore, you know, horrific creatures to of all sorts to yeah. come and get you. I mean, poison, like the horrific poison swamps with, like, this battered ramshackle wooden structures everywhere. I mean, anything and everything... That's within this like dark fantasy. You can find it in Dark Souls, and it is well, well worth your time. Yeah, I mean, if anything that we said, like you're like that sounds really cool. The story, even if you're like, hey, I really want to get into this for the story and dig into it, I would definitely try to play. But you also could just watch some of the YouTube videos and be like, wow, it's really cool. And then when you go into play the game, everything will have much more weight to you. So, yeah, it's like what Michael saying all said. Of that. He said, uh, I think Blighttown yeah. might be the worst experience for him in Dark Souls. Just the towering, slim structures mm-hmm. and all that makes it so nerve wracking. And if you know, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. But, Jack, that's about all I have for Dark Souls. I mean, there's so much more we could talk about it. We didn't really go by it through it beat by beat, but what I really wanted to do, I think we accomplished. We kind of hit the reasons why we like this game, you know, the reasons in some of the specific areas. I mean, really, every area in this game is good. Um, I mean, Moonlight Butterfly boss fight for the first time. What a weird, just like, you know, fighting Calamite in the DLC you know, this horrific black dragon that you help shoot out of the sky with a giant, (laughs) this giant helps you shoot it out of the sky. So you actually can go fight him. I mean, 
so much just cool stuff like that. I mean, Artorius for the first time is an awesome boss fight. I mean, talk about how cool it is. So uh, everybody out there, so just indulge me for a moment. You enter this huge coliseum and you, you know, you just know by the look of it, you're like, this is a boss fight. I know it. You walk in there. Artorius jumps down from the sky, slaughters this enemy, picks up the enemy still impaled on his sword, throws the enemy at you, and then you're fighting this corrupted, once heroic knight who even in his crippled state is like this monster with this huge sword. And he's like doing these flips. He's like jumping and trying to hit you. And oh my God, it's just this somber, sad duel as you're like, Man, I want to like you, but you're really hard, and I have to beat you to get by. But you yeah, know, exactly. it's just oh, I could go on, and it's just tragic and good, and you know, man, fantastic. Jack, do you have anything else you'd like to add about Dark Souls before we kind of move into some ho- housekeeping stuff? Home- about dude, I think I think I'm good. Housekeeping I think it's stuff a good coverage on Dark Souls, and if you're not sold on it, well then, let us know we did a bad job. Well, then go to hell. (laughs) Yes, sir. So, Jack. I know we're going a little long here, but you know what? I think that's okay. That's actually something I wanted to bring up. I I was thinking about it, you know, as far as like recommendations, uh, stuff that we're playing, you know, stuff that we're into at the time. I would love to kind of incorporate that into the podcast. But like you said, that would tack on, you know, we're talking about, 10 20 minutes to a podcast we pretty consistently give or take you know i think last of us is very long but uh we pretty consistently hit around an hour mark for all of the podcasts i personally am fine with going longer but i never want to have a situation where somebody pulls up a podcast and they're like god it's two hours i don't have time for this um, I personally, like when I'm listening to podcasts, like I'll listen to it on my ride home to the car. When I'm in the shower, I'll listen to it. When I'm making dinner, doing some dishes, I'll be listening to a podcast or an audiobook. So like I kind of piecemeal my podcast throughout the day. And when I see long podcasts, I'm like, oh man, this will last yeah. me like three or four days. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm always happy to see it, but uh, I want to get your opinion on it. And especially while we're on the air, so we can get the opinion of everybody out there. Uh, What do you think about Including maybe some more segments, recommendations, I think especially, where we can talk about, you know, things we're playing or some books we're reading or shows we've watched, you know, just things that we can like some ads. Yeah, so what what do you think? You know, I kind of like the length we usually get to now, which is usually about an hour, maybe like an hour and a half. You know, it's kind of like our usual length. Uh, It just depends on the topic and if we have anything we got to do before or after, usually just after the podcast. Um, I, I some the only thing for me sometimes I'm like all right we're like 29 minutes into this episode we haven't gotten to the topic yet you know what I mean and so I'm wondering if we should move that kind of mm-hmm. catch up stuff and like housekeeping and seeing how how each other are doing you know after the actual topic of the episode but at the same time that feels very unnatural mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I would like to be able to jump into the topic I, I kind of quickly yeah. but I also like you know, kind of having like a natural conversation leading up to it as well. So at, at this point, I'm not really sure yeah. where, uh, what I'd really want to change, if anything. Because um, I like the length we do now. I think it yeah. works for us pretty well. So, you know, um, 
I don't really have any real thoughts in it right now other than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, what would you think about doing like a recommendation section? So you have, it would basically be formatted like this. You'd have your catch-up. Yes, you have intro and then you'd have your weekly catch-up and then it'd be recommendations and then it'd be topic. Mm, I sometimes wonder because our weekly catch-up, like I said, will last like 20 minutes sometimes, which I think is already kind of running long for a weekly catch-up. Yeah. So I think adding, I mean, unless like we're audibly saying, mm. hey, the topic's going to start here. Because, you know, a lot of people, like, just don't read descriptions. Right. Or if they do, it's just, like, a quick glance over. And so mm. it's just kind of, you know. Right. I don't know. I feel like it's, I feel like it's a delicate thing to to mess with, you know, because I think we kind of have our format that we do. Um, but I don't know. I, I would like to yeah. get some feedback on it and just, like, like some actual good constructive feedback yeah. or maybe we, yeah. I don't know have like i don't want to say like have like two releases a week where one's like you know the weekly catch-up with with jack and try and then you have like but like it's but i don't know it just i don't know you know it would just feel it would feel weird to have like a weekly catch-up which is 30 minutes because like i just don't think splitting them out would be that good and i'd rather have like closer to two hour podcasts than i would have like multiple drops a week that's just me. Um, yeah, like, but I would like I to see what I don't necessarily lean um, one way or I know another. That but that's kind of you know. I'm just been... thinking on, on the best way to uh, provide the content and in the most uh, you know comfortable way to consume said content. Right, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know it's weird because like we've gotten. I think mixed feedback from both like so our mom for example is always like why do you guys talk so long before getting into the topic because she looks at the episode sees what topics about and expects to jump right into the topic and then you have you know people on the other side who are like no I like that you guys are conversational that it feels like you two are hanging out you know that it's a conversation you could have between friends while just hanging out in a room playing video games I I love that feeling and I don't want to lose that. You know, that's something that I think when we started the Rack and Tear Collection, we really didn't have an idea for the format of the show or what it would be like. But we did start episodes with like cooking, with childhood memories. You know, if I think back to those early batch episodes that we did. And so I never want to lose that core of it being, you know, about jack and charlie talking about whatever they want to talk about you know like that is something that's important to me as far as creating the show and especially as it expands and gets bigger but you know i am open to change and i don't want to like (laughs) say all this and be like okay well we're gonna change it but um i do want it to be kind of an open feedback and the thing is if I don't hear any feedback, I think I'm just going to go the route of saying, hey, Jack, let's just throw in a recommendation section. Yeah. And we'll just throw in some timestamps in the description. And you can do it there. And if people start complaining, we can just say, hey, timestamp in the description. I, you know, I wish we could figure out how to well, include like, I know you can do that chapters on, on YouTube, or something. Which I, will, the, like, I will say this weekend, I am going like, to be working on that. I, I know I've been saying that, but it's just, yeah. it's been a busy month, dude. Like, it's been a busy time. But, um, yeah, like I know you can do that on YouTube. You can't really do that on yeah. Spotify, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's... 
Um, I don't really know. I think yeah. it's interesting because there are many times when, you know, I'll go, I'll watch like, say like H3 podcast and I'll skip a good like 20 minutes of it. Cause I'm like, I'm not like right. this topic. I don't really care about or cause I, so I like kind of having our topic podcast that way someone can tune in. Hey, it's about dark souls. Yeah. I want to listen to that. And then also, you know, they kind of get a little piece of who we are. I think you kind of get a piece of us in each episode. Do you know what I mean? A little update. And I think I also kind of maybe hopefully inclines mm. them to, yeah. Hey, Update us on how you're doing as well, because I'd love to hear that too. But you know, like I said, or like we like we're saying, uh, it all it all rides on on feedback, and if we don't hear any, we're just gonna try changes that we want to try because why not? To quote the Dark Souls wiki that I read the intro on. A comment says, keep in mind, this is from 2018. A comment says, and the dragons were no more. Yeah, sure. And then a comment in response, (laughs) keep in mind, this comment is from 2021, says, obviously she was referring to the Age of Ancients. This is the time when the dragons were dominating. That's how people are. And that's our show. Dipshit. (laughs) What? Who? Why? Why would you like look at a comment from that's, like years dude, ago? And be like, I have to correct this. Like, like, <laughs> like <laughs> oh my goodness! Like this person in this comment section from several years ago has to be corrected because they're gonna check back and be like, "Oh, thanks." <laughs> Jack, I think that's about all we got. For this episode of the Racketeer Collection, I don't think you said what episode it was. This is episode eight of chapter five. We're coming up to the end of chapter five. Um, yeah, I and think, uh, that's all we got I for think you. I do. He's taking you it have, away uh, right Clumsy now. Titan, so. take it away. Clumsy Titan. That is not. That is yeah. not what he sounds like. I'm we'll just gonna say that right now. Right now. Hitting start. Thanks, Clumsy Titan. Yeah, I was like, who's this Mickey Mouse? No problem. Mouse. <laughs> Doors, or no problem. <laughs> All right, everyone. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.